as followers of Christ, we all have this desire and need to be close to God. What oxygen is to our bodies physically, prayer is to our spiritual life. When we breathe in oxygen, the blood then carries that to every part of our bodies, and then we have life. Without oxygen, no one can live, and without blood, no one can exist. So also, when we come into the presence of God in the secret place of prayer and we begin to pray, his presence begins to saturate our entire being. Every morning when we wake up and open our eyes, our Heavenly Father is pursuing us and saying, hey, let's hang out. Let's be together. Let's be close. I want to meet with you. Now, sometimes we all have been skewed in our understanding of our Heavenly Father. And we need once again to remind ourselves of who he is and what he has done for us as his children. That he is in fact a good, say it with me, a good, good father. I'd like you to pull out your U version to Ephesians chapter one and we'll begin reading with verse number three. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So, read verse six with me. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong. Now the writer here is the apostle Paul and he is speaking to his, the followers of Christ and he says that collectively we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. These blessings are not material in nature, they are spiritual. He says in verse number three, we have been blessed in the heavenly realms. We know throughout the book of Ephesians five times, there's a reference to in heavenly places. In this verse, it actually means that we have been blessed with heavenly things. And then 
he begins to enumerate specifically what the spiritual blessings are. And he says, now, I want to remind you of what has happened in your life because of Jesus Christ. And in all these verses, he constantly talks about the blessings coming through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And he says, heads up, he loved us before the creation of the world, and he also chose us. We were not left out like a game when they're choosing sides and no one picks you. But he chose us, and then, thank you, he also, quick this morning, he also says that we have been adopted as sons and daughters. We're grafted in through Jesus Christ. A verse probably every one of us, I hope you're taking notes uh, this morning, a verse that, that I think everyone should have down is this verse in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So his intention is not to put us down, not to push us to the side. His desire is to bless us with heaven's blessings, that we are blessed with spiritual blessings and that no one can take them from our tree of blessing, that he has provided them for us and that we ought to recognize and live in them. Then he says here in verse number six that we, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out. This actually means that he has graced us. Say those two words, graced us. In the Greek, it actually means he's graced us or he simply has conferred grace upon us. Now, no one uh, fully can uh, comprehend the grace of God. Uh, we know that we just don't get what we deserve, but we walk in the favor of God in our whole life. We have been graced by God, and grace becomes the driving power in our lives that gives us a sense of who we are and what he has made us to be, and to know that we are the children of God, and we have a good, good Father that is for us, and that when we sit down to pray, we know that he's not condemning us, he's not putting us down, he's not trying to kill us, but he is building us up and he says, come to the secret place. I've got all these massive spiritual blessings. Get your coffee, sit down, be cool, and let me be close to you. Amen. Verse seven says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. There's one word that the enemy really hates, maybe above all words, and it's the word freedom. 
And every person knows intuitively there's something more than they have, and that's why people are shooting up and drinking and partying, trying to get freedom. And they think they have it until they wake up the next morning and they have a hangover and they thought, oh my God, I didn't get the freedom I thought I had. So only Jesus provides freedom. Freedom is not external. And freedom is not in your head only, it's in your heart. And how can you describe the fact when you're free, you're happy? And in fact, when you're happy, you even look happy. Sometimes our non-Christian friends don't want what we have because we look so bad that we look like we're living in a monastery and haven't been out for 15 years. But we're not in a monastery, we are in God's family and we actually could smile and, and have an aura of freedom around us because our freedom was not earned, our freedom was purchased. It didn't just come to us, but on the cross and the resurrection, he said, listen, I'm stamping you free because I paid the price, head out, have fun, live on the earth, and really enjoy yourself with freedom. Freedom. And the enemy wants to keep us bound and make us remember our old life when we mess things up and where we came from and how bad we are and you remember what you did. Listen, either he purchased it, he didn't lease it for us, he purchased it for life, it is ours and we have to recognize the signal has to go off and the bells when we are getting back into the past and we need to really throw out to him this verse in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, where the Bible says he has forgiven our sins and he also has forgotten our sins. And so we have a clean resume from our past because we have repented of our sins. We have put our faith in Jesus Christ. We are new creations in Christ. And we can get up every morning and we say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to win. It's going to be a blessed day because I have been purchased and I am the child of God. Now, a vital part of the inner room of prayer is now praise the God for these spiritual blessings. Notice, notice he says in verse three, all praise the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse number six, so we praise God for the glorious gift he has poured out. Every morning, every day, we need a time, a place, and a chair. It's our altar. And it's where we are so busy and we have so many responsibilities, we can't miss it. Thank you, over here. <laughs> it is so crucial and critical, we can't miss it. We schedule in breakfast. We schedule in a shower, we schedule in lunch, we schedule in dinner, we schedule in to change the diapers, we schedule in to get our kids in the bathtub, we schedule, 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 leave work at a certain time, go to work at a certain time, schedule, schedule, and then we come to this and say, oh my God, we're too busy. We're too busy. Really? Really? 
we're too busy not to pray. Because we don't know what we're doing. And when we don't pray, we are self-reliant. And if we don't rely on the Lord and we become more reliant, every time we pray, prayer is a sign that we don't know what we're doing. We don't know the direction of our lives. We don't know how to think. We don't know anything about anything until we're close to the Lord. And then he becomes our advisor and he directs us and he leads us in the secret place of prayer. And then we become men and women of prayer. And guess what? We have a generation of young people that are, that are uh, students of prayer, and we begin at a young age teaching our kids that are seven and eight uh, years old to get a Bible and have devotions and have three minutes together, and so they now have a prayer life. We have a lot to be thankful for. So when we sit down, get our cup of coffee, this thing is empty. Thanks, John. <laughs> Take a picture. <clears throat> when we sit down and we get quiet, it makes us uncomfortable. Like right now, I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm feeling uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable. When we pray, we get comfortable with God and we wait. And the Bible says that they that wait on the Lord get new strength. So we come to our prayer time in our chair. We have the world on top of us and we never start with petition unless it's an emergency and we don't begin with that as Dick Eastman has in his prayer plan plan, we begin with praise to God, we begin with thanksgiving in our hearts, and we begin to thank him for all the things he has done, and if you're married, you look at your husband or wife and say to yourself, what a catch I got, praise God, I know God loves me, and you look at your kids, or you look at someone, you want to, anyway, you begin to praise the Lord, you begin to say, thank you, Lord, I am blessed, I thank you, Lord, that you're doing things I'm not even aware of. You're making provision for me. You're opening doors that I can't open. You are the wonderful, good, good Father, and I'm here, and I'm devoting my time to you in the secret place of prayer, and I'm going to pray this morning, and I'm going to wait on you, and I'm going to thank you for all you have done. It's amazing what he does. David Miller's grandson, Jonah, this week was rushed to the emergency room on Thursday. The fever was 106.7, and they gave him medicine, and it didn't help, and it went on and on, and he got kind of like crazy, and he went into the room there, and he got out his anointing oil, and he laid hands on him, and he said, in the name of Jesus, this fever is going to break in the name of Jesus, and guess what? It broke. He went home. The reason we need to pray is because prayer works. When we work prayer, prayer works. So we praise the Lord for what he has done. We give him all the praise. We give him all the glory. And when we begin to praise him, we see him bigger and greater as it relates to our problems. 
We begin to see that he has a purpose in everything. He's working all things according to his plan. He works all things for good in my life and in your life. So there's always an edge of God doing something in a different way. And while we plan one thing, something happens and there are twists and turns. And somehow he puts it all together and said, I'm going to work it for good. Because we see him bigger and greater. In fact, we can say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Say it with me. Great A little more amp there, friends. Say it again. Just pretend your soccer team won the World Cup, Brazil. They didn't win, did they? I know who won. Say it like Brazil won. Great. Say it a little louder. Now give him a little. I like what the psalmist says in Psalm 103. Let everything that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. And the Bible then says that he fills my life with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth. My youth is renewed, your youth is renewed like eagles, and the eagles are strong and powerful, and they soar, and he says, listen, as you begin to praise God, as you begin to rejoice in the Lord, you are getting younger, stronger, and you're going to be like an eagle, and eagles, when they get into a problem in a storm, they press into the winds and go higher so that the winds of, the, of life can be countered by the winds of the spirit and so that rather than the winds of the storm taking us down, we use the winds of the storm to be overcome by the winds of the Holy Spirit and we find ourselves rather than demolishing our lives, we begin to press in and we say, praise God, I've had enough of this. I'm going up 30,000 feet. I'm going up and see my friend the eagles and I'm going to soar. And when we do that, we are full of strength and youth. Hallelujah. We thank him for what he has done. On Thursday I hid it till late Thursday night because you all want a different sermon every week. <laughs> I was walking around the campus here and 
I came over here on this side, temperature on Thursday afternoon at four was about 150. <laughs> I came back in the door there, came in, the guys, the sounding, Austin, Sebastian, Troy, they're all working. And how many know this whole technical group does a lot of work here to make all this happen? Thank you, John. And I happened to walk out that door and I walked into the uh, lobby out there and when I got there, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm very pensive and reflective and uh, God help me, Jesus, these people are gonna be here in a few days and help me, Lord. And how many know when you're desperate, you're desperate? And I walked out there and the worship music was on and it was playing through it all, through it all. My eyes are on you, through it all, through it all, it is well. And then so let go my soul and trust in him, the waves and the wind still know his name. I walked a few steps and I was very moved. It was like a holy moment that his presence was with me. And I walked into the Next Gen Center, and when I did, I had a flashback to some years ago in 2006 when we had nothing and we had yeah, keep the slide right there for a moment. We had nothing and we struggled in storms and wind to get that first building and we weren't sure we we're gonna make it and, and the builder was building and we didn't have enough cash and, and I walked into the room and I saw all these people, hundreds and hundreds of people where, next picture, that where we had our services for a number of years and wall-to-wall -wall people, nine o'clock, 11, one o'clock, five o'clock, only four services. And, and I remember as I stood there on Thursday, how the Lord was saying, see, I've been faithful to you, Alex. I've been faithful to Church in the Sun that when you didn't think you're gonna make it, you made it because you relied on me and you prayed and God worked a miracle. Maybe you're here and you have the waves and the winds in your, fa in your face. And it's pretty, pretty windy. You're not sure in the natural you're going to pull this one off. You're a salesperson and you're in a slump. Your job kind of whisked away somewhere. Somehow your mate has departed I felt this morning there were some here, you have friends, you have family, you have a son, they're in prison. You're here this morning, your son's in prison. And it sure looks like the wind and the waves are pretty high. But I want to encourage you that with the family here, we were made to walk on water. And when we see Jesus and we keep our eyes on him and keep thanking him and keep praising him, there is nothing that he won't take us through 
and the, although the storm will shake us and the winds are so strong pushing us back, when we keep our eyes on the Lord, we will not fall and we will not stumble and the winds will not take us out. And the Lord says to you today, the winds are strong, the storm is raging, but I have you in my hand in the middle of the storm and you are not only protected, but I will take you through the storm. Keep your eyes on me. The secret place of prayer has always preceded a great revival. Revivals are always instigated by people who decide to pray, some not very educated, some very educated, some not economically successful, and some that have a lot of cash. But at the cross, we're all equal. And when we begin to pray, revival begins in our hearts. Bible says that Jesus spoke to the disciples and he said, is it not written my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? Look around, the nations are here and he has called us to be a house of, of prayer, a people that call on the name of the Lord, a people that are determined to pray through the circumstances. Remember in Ephesians chapter one, verse four, the Bible says that he called us out and he chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. So revival is always about our hearts, hearts that have become cold and corrupted sometimes with aberrant behavior subtle things that have come into our houses and into our homes and into our hearts that are not right. And sometimes we don't see it because it's so subtle. It's a little bit by little bit by little bit and it, it's, it takes away our spiritual strength. And after a while, our hearts are no longer, no, no longer sensitive and pliable and they get hard. And that's when we need to look at ourselves and Jesus says, I've called you out to be holy and to be holy is to be separated from sin but also separated to God. It's like our whole life belongs to him. We have a car, our car is for driving. We have a house, it's to live in. There are certain things that are dedicated in totality to one thing. And God has called us to be holy and to be separated not through our own efforts but through this amazing grace that he has poured out, these spiritual blessings that he has provided for us so that we can turn from the things that are not right and become a people that are holy unto God. That's why David says in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
and he's asking God to search him because there are things in his heart he doesn't see. So he says, Lord, you search and look at my heart and then test me concerning my thought life. And then I, I want to give you the permission to point out anything is not right inevitably so I can be led along this path of everlasting life. I want to be on the right path. So we have to ask him, Lord, what I do not see in my heart, in my mind, would you point it out and you search me and call me out on it? And let me make a significant change in these areas of my life, the things that are thieves that take away my strength. Samson was called to be a great prophet. He had enormous strength. But Samson had one very, very big problem, and it was with women. And it was a woman that took him out. And Samson never fulfilled the full plan of God in his life because he allowed one, these one area to move in subtly. And the enemy wants to move in on you as a student subtly. And when that happens, you, you lose your... You lose your spiritual strength. How many people have we seen? This person is a powerful person. They have strength. And we see them later and we say, where, where, did, where did you lose your strength? Where, what happened? What happened to your strength? I remember when you were strong. We have to search ourselves, not in law, but in grace. Great revivals happen when we search ourselves. And we test ourselves. And revivals break out when that happens. It was Tuesday, the third of the month of February... They were having a typical cold day. The wind was blown, blowing in Wilmot, Connecticut at Asbury College. They had their devotions at a 10 o'clock meeting. And on that morning, the dean was to speak. But when the dean got up to speak, he felt like, I don't think I should speak today. And so he opened it up for some individuals to come up and simply uh, have a testimony time of give voice to their inner faith. And so they started these testimonies. And, and then a twist happened in an unscheduled way. One recalcitrant senior stood up and he said this. I'm not believing that I'm standing here telling you what God has done for me. I've wasted my time in college up to now, but Christ has met me and I'm different. 
Last night, the Holy Spirit flooded in and filled my life, and now for the first time ever, I'm excited about being a Christian. I wouldn't wanna go back to the emptiness for anything. One after another, a student would get up and they began to make confessions. Confessions and acknowledgement range from cheating and theft to animosity and prejudice and jealousy. Some made their way to individuals in the room to ask forgiveness and make restitution. Others had resentments, hidden jealousies, lustful desires, worldly attitudes of all kind were brought out into the open. A sin often confessed related to the indifference in different way, the holy things of God have been treated. One graduate student said, I become nonchalant about the whole thing, about being a Christian and witnessing. And so what we have to do is we have to open our hearts and let the Spirit come. And he has come today to work in a special way with us and for us. And he beckons all of us to come and regain our strength. Not to be like Samson, lost his strength. Maybe the Holy Spirit would ask us, what is it you allowed to come in that you lost your strength? Used to, you meet, used to meet with the Lord and you say now you're too busy, but too busy is always a challenge, but maybe the problem is your heart. You lost, it's, you lost something. It's amazing when we come to the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit that when the Spirit comes, as we were singing a few minutes ago, Spirit come, something about when the Spirit comes. And the Holy Spirit gets into our dry hearts. There's always room to expand our spiritual hearts for Christ. Before I got up, I had this thought again of people coming from every nations all around the world that you couldn't get into this place because the power of God was so strong. And marriages were being restored, homes that were divided be made whole, a next generation rising up of, of world changers. God beckons us. Just a moment, we're gonna stand. I hope no one will leave for just a moment. This is a very holy moment. If you're a guest, hold on for just a minute. Let's open the Lord. And let's be like David where he said, Lord, search me. Tell me what the deal is here. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't smother us. He's like a dove. He begins to work gently. The Holy Spirit is compared to a dove, and the, a dove is gentle. And I found when he works with me, it's very gentle. Alex, I want you to pray more. Alex, I want you to wait more. Alex, I want you to flow more in the Spirit. And he'll speak to you. And let's believe that he will change us.
I want us to sing the song we were singing a few minutes ago. This is a holy moment. Please, no one leave. Would you stand together? Stop the music for just a moment. Sometimes we need the holy moments where there's a different sound. I'm going to open the altars right now. The Holy Spirit is prompting you to come and just stand. You know what it's for. You may not know. I want us to break down every stronghold that stops us. We must have a sense of desperation that you cannot lead your family as a man. We need men of God that lead their families and they're strong. This may be a good time for you as a man Take the hand of the person you're with or whatever, your, husband, your wife, and come down here and say, I'm going to lead. We wait. We pray. We ask the Spirit of God to fall upon us. Lord, what must happen here can only be authored by you. The strongholds that need to come down, the invisible forces that are raging need to be repented of. And we're asking you to revive our hearts as followers of you. In Jesus' name, call us out and break down every barrier in Jesus' name, and let us know that we are called to pray in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. I want to open the altars right now. We have two or three here.
waiting here for you. I want us to sing that together, waiting here for you. My hands lifted high.
break down every stronghold. To those that are in this room that are bound by alcohol, bound by drugs, dr bound by, by prescription drugs that are not right, we break these strongholds in the name of Jesus. To those who are involved in an illicit relationship that's not right, it's ungodly. We break that lustful spirit in the name of Jesus. We come against these unseen forces in the name of Jesus. We break the power of pornography. We call out the enemy. We call you out. You've been operating subtly. We call you out. We call you out in the name of Jesus. Come out into the light in the name of Jesus. Keep us awake at night. Keep tapping us. We ask for those that are in this room, especially for men whose hearts are cold. They provide little leadership in their families and they are following in the pattern of their passive fathers. And the enemy is very happy because they're in the house, but they're not there. And we call men to arise in the name of Jesus that are godly men, godly men. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would cleanse our hearts, purify our minds, not what we can do, but by the power of the grace that has been poured out in our lives, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that are here that are not a part of community, they are isolationists, and they are perfect in being picked off by the enemy because they're by themselves on some corner, and they refuse to come into community. But in the name of Jesus, shake them this morning and let them know they're out of order. They're out of order. They're on the wrong corner. In the name of Jesus, I declare purity, sexual purity in our church, that no one is sleeping around with the wrong person in the name of Jesus. And those who are living together either get married or break up. In the name of Jesus, shake the church up. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up. We expose the works of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We expose it in the name of Jesus. There's someone in this room about to take their lives. The enemy has told them, end your life. And we rebuke the spirit of death in the name of Jesus. You're not going to take your life. God's going to take your life in the name of Jesus. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be so strong in us that we will know that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Not a light filling. Not a light touch. I ask that a Pentecostal power will come down upon this church that we will be full of power, full of anointing, full of the Spirit of God, that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We can cast out evil powers in the name of Jesus and that we will see a breakthrough in the name of Jesus. From the last row in the balcony up there to right to that wall, we declare a, ma a massive revival. No one is safe in this place. No one is safe in the name of Jesus. Shake us up, shake us up. Convict us of sin. Convict us in the name of Jesus. I pray that we will be radical and we will be separated from the world and we will be separated unto God. And when we come to Jesus, we are owned by him. We are bought with a price and we are his. And when we think of that activity that is incongruent with that, we will without question turn our head and walk toward Jesus in Jesus' name.
Repeat this after me. In the name of Jesus. Say it again. In the name of Jesus. I take my stand. With the power of the Holy Spirit. Against every enemy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Raise your hand. In the name of Jesus. 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 our meetings here without giving people an opportunity to be forgiven of their sins. Jesus has made it possible for us to get out of darkness. The enemy holds us in his clutches, offering great payoffs, but he can't pay. And then he covers us and coats us with guilt, condemnation, and shame. And then he is so happy because he has us. And then when God calls, shame says no. But today is your opportunity to get out. This cross is a reminder to us that Jesus is the center of this church. And that he died on the cross and rose again that every person has a right to have freedom in their lives. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and you say, pray for me. I want to be forgiven. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and God is going to do something incredible in your life. One, two, three, raise your hand wherever you are. Put it up, put it up. Yes, yes, yes. Put it up, put it up, put it up. Put it up. 
Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Balcony. Yes. 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 Put it up in the name of Jesus. Get out. I'm going to ask every person that raised your hand to come down and stand here for just a minute. We're going to have a prayer from the balcony. Come all the way around. Come. Get out of your chair. Come. Go ahead. It is you. Sing it. Go ahead. Come, 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 come. Yes, come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus wherever you are. Yes, yes. Get out. Get out of the enemy's camp. Keep coming. Keep coming. Yes. Over here. Today's your day of salvation. You come right now. Come right now in Jesus' name. Look at this. Yes, yes. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Yes, keep coming, keep coming. Yes, over here. Keep coming, keep coming. Look at this. Yes, yes. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. someone in the room, you're a, you're a drug dealer, well, you're going to keep dealing, but you're going to deal for Jesus. I break your drug, your drug business. I break your drug di- business in the name of Jesus. They keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. No sin is too big. No sin is too strong to keep us from Jesus. You that are watching around the world. Today is your day to, to be forgiven of your sins, and we're going to pray this prayer. Look at this. They're still keep coming. Look at this. Look at this. We're going to pray this prayer. All you have to do is say it focuses on our heart, not our behavior. He changes our hearts, and then he changes our lives. Today, the prayer is from our hearts. Your next step will be to have open declaration through water baptism. Pastor Dave is here over our new believers, followers. Right after this prayer, you're going to step to the side. We're going to give you some material for three or four minutes but you're getting out. Don't think about how bad you've been. Think about how good Jesus is. Yes. If you didn't come, pray the prayer. Pray it together. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you you. that you you took my sin on the cross 
I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You're in the kingdom of God. Go with them. Come on.